is going on, true crime fans? I'm your host, Heath. And I'm your host, Daphne. And you're listening to Going West. Hello, everybody. Today's case will sound familiar to a lot of you, especially if you live here in the United States, because it happened just last September of 2022, and it really captured the nation's attention, including me and Heath's. And at the time, we received a ton of recommendations for it, and we're following the case very closely, but resolution came so fast And we just wanted more answers from court hearings, so we're finally covering it. But thank you to Hannah, Andrea, Alan, Candice, Miranda, Laura, and anyone else who recommended her story on social media whose names we do not have. Yes, thank you guys so much for being here and listening to this episode. It is a very, very tragic story. But also, if you guys want to follow us on social media, we are on all platforms. You can follow us on Instagram at Going West Podcast. Twitter at Going West Pod. We also have a Facebook discussion group, and we're looking forward to what you have to say about this case today. Yeah, we have a map on our socials if you guys want like a better visual of this case and where everything everything took place. Everything. Everything. We like to include maps whenever we can. It just helps visualize everything. But uh, but let's talk about this one. All right, guys. This is episode three hundred and thirty-five of Going West. So let's get into it. Tracking this breaking news alert out of Memphis right now. A frantic search is underway for this woman, Eliza Fletcher, the young teacher believed to have been abducted early this morning. A desperate search for an American school teacher kidnapped in Memphis. And after we actually found information and saw a video where somebody was abducted, then that's going to raise the alarm. Police releasing this surveillance still of 34-year-old Eliza Fletcher jogging near the University of Memphis campus. University police say that around 4.30 Friday morning, the avid jogger was forced into this dark SUV following a brief struggle with an unknown man. More than anything, we want to see Liza returned home safely. Today is a very sad day in the city of Memphis. First, I'd like to express our sincere condolences to the family, friends, and numerous others who have been impacted by the tragic and heinous kidnapping of Eliza Fletcher. Yesterday evening, September 5th, at approximately 5.07 p.m., the Memphis Police Department and other law enforcement partners discovered the remains of a body, a human body, in the rear of a vacant duplex apartment at the 1600 block of Victor Street. At that time, it was believed the unidentified body could possibly be the remains of kidnapping victim Eliza Fletcher. Further forensic investigation positively identified the body was, in fact, Eliza Fletcher. Eliza White Welford was born on November 9th, 1987 in Memphis, Tennessee to parents Adele and James, and she grew up alongside a brother named Gil. 
Eliza's family were incredibly prominent in the area for their connection to Orgill, which is a worldwide distributor of hardware, building materials, and home improvement supplies. And Eliza herself was one in a direct line of heirs to the Orgill fortune. Her family founded the company, and then her grandfather, the late Joseph Orgel III, took over running the operations in Memphis. And he was responsible for, like, helming its growth from this small regional hardware company to a multi-billion dollar corporation. He worked there for decades before his retirement, but despite Eliza's connection to this very prosperous family business, she chose a completely different path for herself. After attending and graduating from the prestigious Hutchinson School, Eliza went on to attend the University of Memphis and later transferred to Baylor University. And Baylor is in Texas, which I literally only know because of college football. Yes, the Baylor Bears, not that I watch college football, but so she did move to Texas for a bit. And actually, she was such a gifted athlete that she was even scouted to play soccer for the University of Memphis. Now, born with a naturally competitive spirit, she loved to play and watch team sports and was an avid runner who competed in multiple marathons and relished group runs with friends. And a bit more on her personality, her obituary reads, quote, Liza, because sometimes she went by Liza, Liza was a light to all who knew her. Her contagious smile and laughter could brighten any room. Liza was pure of heart and innocent in ways that made her see the very best in everyone she met. To know her was to love her and to be loved by her. So after graduating from Baylor University, Eliza returned to school to obtain her master's degree in teaching at Belmont University. And this school is located in Nashville, Tennessee. Though she could have easily taken a position at Orgill, Eliza chose to pursue her true passion, working with children. So she became a kindergarten teacher. Which I think is pretty cool. Like instead of going towards a path of security, she decided to follow her heart and what she really wanted to do, which Absolutely. I feel like a lot of people don't do. They just naturally kind of take over the family business because that's what they feel like they have to do or they feel like that's just kind of the easiest thing to do. But she just loved kids so much. She knew she wanted to work with them and not for the family business. Well, and actually her family wrote that she was endowed with a boundless childlike energy. And she also had infinite patience with her students. And above all, she led with her heart. While attending Second Presbyterian Church with her family, she met a man named Richard James Fletcher III, and the two began dating. On March 8, 2014, they were married in a lavish fairy tale ceremony that was the toast of Memphis High Society. Her wedding planner even remarked, quote, There has been no other wedding like this in Memphis. And according to the Spread in Memphis magazine, Eliza was an all-natural bride and wanted her wedding to reflect her personality, which was outdoorsy, athletic, and warm. The couple later welcomed two boys described as rambunctious, and Eliza stepped into her new role with grace and pride. As expected, they were an active and outdoorsy family, and they loved to go boating, they went on bike rides, hikes, and they loved to go swimming together. So meanwhile, as Eliza and Richard enjoyed building their home life together, Eliza's career was just flourishing. She absolutely adored children, both her own and others, so she started teaching kindergarten at St. Mary's Episcopal School, which was an all-girls school, and she took great pride in making each little girl feel heard and appreciated. 
Her family recalls that her and Richard's house was constantly adorned with crafts and art projects from her sons and her students, all proudly displayed. Eliza also loved the true crime genre, and in what feels a bit chilling to look back on now, she posted on her Facebook in 2019 requesting recommendations for the best true crime podcast to listen to while she runs. Eliza wrote, quote, Best podcast to listen to while running? I like Serial, Up and Vanished, and Dr. Death. Just six months before her disappearance, she and Richard celebrated eight years of marriage. To mark their anniversary, she penned a heartfelt tribute that read, quote, Yesterday marked eight years married to Richard. To say it has all been rainbows, prettiness, Hollywood movies, and easy would be a lie. I'm grateful for every 2,922 days of these eight years. We've worked hard, showed up, failed, forgiven, and loved. Thank you, Richie. Love you. Let's make a beautiful mess of many more years together. Eliza was accustomed to taking daily runs, and she would set out very early in the morning just in an effort to maximize the time she had with her sons. Like, if she could run before they woke up, then when they got up, she would have, you know, all that time to spend with them. In the late summer of 2022, Eliza was laser-focused on her next fitness goal. She had qualified for the Boston Marathon, which was coming up in April of 2023, and she was busy training for it. At 4 a.m. on Friday, September 2nd, 2022, Eliza headed out for her run as usual. She loved to run through the manicured lawns of the University of Memphis, and that morning, she took her usual path. This was a path that she knew very well. She ran it all the time. But the morning progressed, and Eliza didn't return from her run. After repeated calls and texts to her cell phone, which she had with her, went unanswered, Richard, her husband, contacted the police. Now, Eliza was reported missing around 7 a.m. Remember, she went out for her run at about 4 a.m., so this is like three hours later. And when police arrived to speak with Richard, foul play was suspected almost immediately. She left on foot with just a water bottle and her phone, and she had no intention of being gone for long. University of Memphis students were warned via a notification sent to their phones that there was a predator in the area and to exercise increased caution. But this, of course, was before police knew what happened. So they just kind of imagined that something bad had occurred and they wanted to warn everybody in the area to be on the lookout. Which was actually really, really smart. And I, I commend them for doing this because they had this foresight to be able to put out this alert even though they didn't really know what was going on. Like they had no idea if there actually was a predator, but they just wanted to cover their bases and be safe. So I really think this was a great idea. Yeah, and it, it's actually kind of surprising because she was a grown woman. She was out for a voluntary jog, like, or run rather. So it would have been really easy for them to just be like, oh, maybe she went on a longer run than usual. Surely she'll be back, but or they didn't yeah. do that. Or maybe she had to go, you know, stop by somewhere and yeah. take care of something or whatever. Yeah, but like, which again, they could have totally done but you're right, it's amazing that they didn't, that they jumped on this and warned the public in case it was something worse, which they felt like it was. And actually, as squad cars began patrolling her route, they came upon a devastating discovery. Eliza's phone and water bottle were discarded in the front yard of a home along her route. 
Her phone screen was shattered, which felt like a clear indication of a struggle. But with these items, they found something else, a pair of champion brand slip-on sandals. So police just scrambled to collect the items and have them forensically processed right away, just hoping that they could still track Eliza down. And I just remember this being such a confusing time in the media because before it was clear exactly what happened to her, like everybody, do you remember this? Everybody was analyzing her husband Richard's demeanor in news footage of him. I do remember this, yeah. Yeah, they were just like picking his reactions apart because obviously the husband is always looked at first. And it just felt clear to a lot of people that he had to be involved, even though there wasn't proof at the time. Like speculation was just running rampant and people were just grasping at straws because they were so obsessed with the story because it was so shocking, you know, that she just went missing, especially with what's to come. Absolutely. Yeah. And investigators were working extremely quickly and luckily in what would change everything for the case. They were also able to pull surveillance footage from a nearby building. And to their horror, they were able to pinpoint the exact moment when Eliza vanished because she was seen being dragged into a car. Now, around 4.20 a.m., Eliza was running near the University of Memphis campus when she passed a parked black car. In an instant, a man could be seen emerging from the driver's seat and running aggressively toward her. A struggle ensued and Eliza fought back against her attacker, but the man was able to overpower her. He then forced her into the passenger side and the two remained inside the car for about four minutes until it drove off. And that's a long time for like what was happening in those four whole minutes that they sat there when somebody could have witnessed them, somebody could have been around and seen this occur, but they just sat there for four minutes. Like what was going on in that car? Well, I mean, as you can imagine, this is probably where a struggle was uh, was occurring. And, you know, the fact that it was 420 in the morning I think that's why her attacker was so bold in being able to just like grab her like that because at 4.20 in the morning, it's still very, very early. Yeah, some people may be getting up to go to work, but you know, I think this was just an opportunity for this person. Absolutely, but it's just crazy too because the fact that there was surveillance footage of this literally happening, her abduction is caught on camera. It's not like, oh, we have footage of her walking past this business and then one minute later, a car speeds past. It's like the abduction is caught on camera. What was this guy thinking? You're, well, you're in an open public area with cameras. Well, yeah, and what's, what's even more interesting here is that when they did review this footage, investigators also spotted the car drive past her before her abduction. So it seems like he knew that she was the target. So it, it seemed like he was waiting for her to run past the car so that he could prey on her because he actually did circle back around and then he parked. His vehicle was also spotted meandering the streets in the same area around 20 minutes prior, as if he were maybe like hunting for a victim. So the, the thing here that's, that's the question is like, was it just anybody or was she the one that he was, you know, like preying on? Or was it just like if anybody, you know, walks past or runs past, I'm going to take him? Well, that was really the question, especially at this point. Again, like I hate to keep bringing up Richard, but um, people had wondered, you know, did did somebody put or did he put a hit out on her? Was she being targeted? Like once this footage came out, that is what was going through everybody's minds. Or was this a crime of opportunity, like you mentioned before? But again, like 
multiple cameras caught this guy. Like, how could he be so stupid? Luckily he was, but seriously? I'll, I'll throw out the old uh, piece of shit. There we go. Line. There you go. So the car that he was driving was determined to be a black 2013 GMC Terrain SUV. And though they were able to identify the make and model of the car, they could not make out the full license plate number. However, they were able to note that it had a damaged taillight, which would have set it apart from others. So police pulled a grainy photograph of Eliza's attacker from the footage to release to the public, just in a you know desperate attempt to find her alive. But they also had another tangible lead, the sandals that were found discarded near Eliza's phone and her water bottle. Which like, why were those even there? Yeah, so weird. Like it makes sense for her phone and water bottle. Maybe they were thrown out the window just to, you know, get them out of the car so that, um, you know, police weren't able to track her phone. You know what I mean? But yeah. why the sandals? I don't know, but I'm glad that they were there because they were determined to have male DNA on them. So they were processed immediately to see if there was a match in the system. And guess what? There was. And because of this DNA that they were able to collect, her husband was cleared before he was really even suspected. Because on the shoe was male DNA from a convicted felon and repeat offender, a Memphis man named Cleotha Abston Henderson. He was already well known to law enforcement and the DNA match was just undeniable. So when detectives discovered this match, they began searching for Cleotha and spotted him driving a car that was an exact match to the one that was in the surveillance video, right down to the broken taillight. And though it was reported that he initially attempted to flee from police, they were able to catch up with him. And on Saturday, September 3rd, 2022, just over 24 hours after Eliza's abduction, police descended upon Cleotha's brother's apartment and arrested Cleotha for the aggravated kidnapping of Eliza Fletcher. And I just can't believe this happened so quickly, again, because of the shoes and the fact that they were able to collect the evidence from the shoe or the DNA from the shoe and then have it tested and match it in under 48 hours is insane. And just going back to when we were talking about those slides that were found, the, the strange thing here is that those slides weren't found where she was abducted. They were found in front of somebody's house in somebody's yard. So, because you can imagine like, maybe if that was the, the place of her abduction, that during a struggle, those slides could have fallen off very easily, but right. but why were they why were they in a different location? Well, it seems like they were probably also tossed from the vehicle. I just don't know why. Like, I can't figure that out. But yeah, the that was in a different spot. It was on her route. We're also going to post a map of the route that she would have taken. It's like a pretty straight line. It would have been a total of an eight-mile run, four miles there. And then if she had turned around there, it would be four miles back. And she was abducted like right outside of the University of Memphis. So obviously police frantically continued their search for Eliza because at this point they're hoping that she's still alive somewhere and that Cleotha had not killed her, but the, you know, the, the clock is ticking. So the area where she disappeared at this point was just crawling with law enforcement officers, meticulously combing through brush, wildlife areas, dumpsters, and bodies of water, however large or small. And of course, Cleotha just feigned ignorance, despite the undeniable evidence linking him to Eliza. Detectives interviewed Mario, Cleotha's brother, whose um, house Cleotha was actually arrested from, and surprisingly, Mario offered them some helpful information. 
When asked about his brother's whereabouts over the past 24 hours, Mario noted something odd. Cleotha had come over the previous morning in the hours immediately following Eliza's kidnapping to clean out his car at his brother's apartment. Like he'd even washed the clothes that he had been wearing and it took him around an hour to clean out his car. And a witness in the neighborhood that police spoke with also was able to confirm this and said that Cleotha had been acting strangely, just very agitated and paranoid after Eliza's disappearance. And there is footage of him cleaning out his car. It's kind of off in the distance. You can just see his figure and his car from up the street, but you can see him cleaning it out and see how much time he spent doing that, which I said was around an hour. And Mario agreed that he had been acting really strangely. So because of this, there was reason to believe that there was evidence at Mario's apartment, like maybe things that he had taken out of his car and put into his brother's apartment. So police served him with a search warrant, hoping to get their hands on more evidence to build a case against Cleotha. This actually wound up leading to Mario's arrest as well, because inside the home, they recovered heroin, fentanyl and a semi-automatic handgun, which was illegal for Mario to have as a convicted felon. So Mario was arrested and charged with possession of controlled substances with intent to manufacture, deliver, and sell, as well as possession of a firearm. And meanwhile, Eliza's family is in the news and pleading for information for Eliza's safe return because even though they apprehended Cleotha so quickly, the hours were just painstaking because nobody knew if she was hurt somewhere or if she was already deceased. And as investigators continued stacking evidence against Cleotha, they discovered that the car that he had been driving was not registered to him, but to a woman named Gwendolyn Brown. When questioned, Gwendolyn verified that it was in fact her car, but denied having anything to do with Eliza's abduction. When she was questioned by a local news station, Gwendolyn would not elaborate on the nature of their relationship, but did confirm that she knew Cleotha and that the GMC did belong to her. Police also found that her residence had a shattered window, but the cause and whether or not it was related to Eliza's abduction was unknown. The morning after Cleotha's arrest, which was Sunday, September 4th, the Memphis Police Department tweeted that Cleotha had been arrested in connection with Eliza's abduction, and pending more investigation would be charged with kidnapping and tampering with evidence. But there was still no sign of Eliza until the following day. At 5.07 p.m. on the evening of Monday, September 5th, 2022, a body was discovered discarded in the tall grass alongside an abandoned apartment building. This duplex was situated just a thousand feet from Mario's apartment in the Longview Gardens apartment complex of South Memphis and only about seven miles or 11 kilometers from where she was abducted. A thorough search of the area provided Eliza's purple Lululemon brand running shorts thrown in the trash nearby. Investigators suspected immediately that the body belonged to her, but they wanted to be sure before they made any announcements. And the following day, it was confirmed by DNA. The police chief announced that sadly, Eliza had been found. She had died from a gunshot wound to the back of the head and had also suffered blunt force injuries to her leg and a fractured jaw. In addition to his kidnapping charges and a charge of tampering with evidence, 
Cleotha was charged with murder in the first degree. As true crime listeners, you're aware of the dangers out there in the world. So why not keep your home as safe and secure as possible? Daphne and I do this by using Simply Safe. For award-winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. When we get ready for our summer trips this year, I will feel so much better about leaving the house knowing that Simply Safe has our back, just freeing me from my constant anxieties. And also something I love is that their system blankets your entire home in protection from break-ins to fires to floods. And with indoor and outdoor cameras to choose from, you will feel safe any time of day or night. And Simply Safe is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring agents to help stop crimes in real time. Which is part of why they were named the best home security system of 2024. Simply Safe has given us and so many listeners real peace of mind, and we want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with Fast Protect Monitoring at simplysafe.com slash going west. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Heath and I are major sufferers of seasonal allergies. They are the worst. It can even be difficult to host this show when our noses are all clogged up. We have tried brand after brand, but luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. And big shout out to Claritin for supporting this show and providing us with samples. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. I feel like I sneeze all day long. I always have an itchy face, but now I can actually go outside in the grass and not have a sneeze attack or be stuffed up thanks to Claritin D. Are you ready to live as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so that you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Sometimes Daphne and I are doing research for Going West, and we subscribe to different newspapers from all around the country, and then we forget to unsubscribe. But that's exactly why we love Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. You'll be able to see all of your subscriptions in one place, and if you see something you don't like, Rocket Money can help you cancel it in just a few taps. It is seriously that easy. And that's why Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash going west. That's rocketmoney.com slash going west. rocketmoney.com slash going west. Do you want to earn cash back while you shop? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out Rakuten, especially because this week, May 6th through May 13th, 
Rakuten is having their biggest cashback event of the year with 15% cash back at hundreds of stores. Rakuten is the shopping platform to use so that you can save big while you shop. They're partnered with over 3,500 stores across all categories, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, travel, dining, and so many others. Some of our personal favorite participating stores are Ray-Ban, Hydro Flask, Clinique Online, and Verbo, just to name a few. There are so many big stores and brands that you're already buying from. But don't miss this major deal. It's a limited time only with eight days of these high cashback rates, so you can save more than usual. Membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you can get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. We know you guys love a good mystery, especially one with twists and turns. Am I right? This is why you guys are going to love June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker while she tries to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder in the roaring 1920s. In this hidden object mystery game, put your detective skills to the test. While you're on this quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret, you can customize your very own luxurious estate island and let your imagination run wild. Daphne and I actually love to play this game together because you can chat with and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. It is truly so much fun. You guys are going to love it. So what do you think? Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Before that quick break, Heath explained to us that Eliza had been found with a gunshot wound to the back of her head, along with blunt force injuries to her leg and a fractured jaw. And again, it really is just crazy how this all unfolded. Like within just a couple days of going missing, police found her body and her supposed killer. And even though I wouldn't feel differently if it took years to uncover both, and I know I ask this all the time, but like, what was gained here? It feels like from her cause of death that she was probably killed very quickly, almost like maybe he panicked and didn't know what to do. And it makes me wonder if that happened within the four minutes that they were in the car. Like, I have no idea. That has not been released yet. And then you just have to wonder, like, if this wasn't a hit, what was the purpose of this? Why did it happen? Like, suddenly in two days, two young boys don't have a mom. A man doesn't have a wife parents don't have a child and someone's going to prison for life yeah and i think you know just in my opinion and i know this will probably come up in trial but the fact that her running shorts were found not on her body indicates to me that the motivation was probably sexual assault right yeah it could have been for sure you know what i well, mean especially with with what's to come that's yeah. definitely possible and i say it, someone's going to prison for life he has not yet so i'm just saying I see that happening in the future. Um, 
But it's just so frustrating to look over these details. And, and I remember when, when the case happened and just knowing that she has these two little boys and it's, it's just all so, so messed up. So it goes without saying that Memphis mourned the loss of such a vibrant member of their community and her tight knit family and especially her beloved husband and her sons just really reeled from the shock of such a sudden and senseless end to a beautiful life. Her family released the following statement, quote, We are heartbroken and devastated by this senseless loss. Liza was such a joy to so many. Her family, friends, colleagues, students, parents, members of her Second Presbyterian Church congregation, and everyone who knew her. Now it's time to remember and celebrate how special she was and to support those who cared so much for her. We appreciate all the expressions of love and concern we have received. We are grateful beyond measure to local, state, and federal law enforcement for their tireless efforts to find Liza and to bring justice to the person responsible for this horrible crime. The deck of the vacant building behind where she was found was quickly adorned with flowers, balloons, teddy bears, and letters with kind words from the community. Both her school and her church issued a loving statement on her behalf, and her school dedicated a performance of This Little Light of Mine to her memory. One week to the day after her abduction and murder, friends, family, and community members gathered to run together along her route, and they entitled this event, Let's Finish Liza's Run, and it drew over 2,000 people. And that really just goes to show you how loved and cared for she was in this community if over 2,000 people show up to run this route for her. Yeah, and how shocking it was. Like, even though Memphis is a city, there's crime in every city, including Memphis, it's still just, like, people just couldn't believe that this happened. So as her family tried to make sense of what had happened, police were focusing on building a case against Cleotha, who continued to deny his involvement. But his past crimes were disturbing and plentiful. Cleotha's criminal history began when he was just 11 years old and was placed in a juvenile detention center after committing a robbery. And between the ages of 11 and 16, he was arrested 16 more times. That's five years. Yeah. 16 times in five years. So among a plethora of petty crimes, he was also convicted of unlawful possession of a weapon and aggravated assault, and he was also a member of a gang. At 16, he attacked and raped a man and was placed in custody of the Shelby County Youth Services Bureau. After being with them for six months, he was released back to his mother's custody. And then it just took two weeks for him to offend again, and this time he was tried as an adult. At just 16 years old, Cleotha kidnapped a prominent Memphis defense attorney named Kemper Durand at gunpoint. And strangely, Kemper actually worked at the same law firm as Eliza's uncle. After shoving him in the trunk of his car, Cleotha drove around to find an ATM in order to have Kemper pull money out for him. When they found one, Cleotha let Kemper out of the car and he was able to yell for help as he withdrew money. And Cleotha was then arrested. This is just like a crazy, zany scheme done by a 16-year-old. Just insane. This time, the court was fed up that he had re-offended. And like I said before, he was then tried as an adult. Kemper noted in his victim impact statement that Cleotha felt 
absolutely no remorse. He was sentenced to 24 years in prison, but he attempted to appeal this charge due to ineffective counsel, but he was denied. He did, however, receive an early release, serving 20 years of his 24-year sentence, and was released in November of 2020. Which means, since he abducted and murdered Eliza less than two years later, if he had served his full sentence, she would probably be alive today. And we've seen this happen in way too many cases where somebody's in prison, they get released early, and then they end up killing somebody. And it's just so unfortunate every single time. But it also is very telling in this case that, you know, you were just talking about all the crimes that he committed, how many times he was arrested and just throughout his young life. And the fact that after 20 years in prison, that's a long ass time, that after 20 years, it's you reoffend, you know, and you, uh, people like us, people who are not criminals, people who have never been to prison, think, why would you do anything that would make you go back? And I think that's kind of a normal question to ask. But it is crazy to think, and as we're going to detail as well, Eliza was not his first crime out of prison. So it's, this guy is not going to stop, and he should not have been released. Yeah, and also, you know, the sad thing about this is that like Cleotha and his brother Mario, Cleotha's dad, Cleo Henderson, also has a lengthy criminal record. And he's also currently serving time for a second degree murder that he committed in 2010. So basically, is just a family of assholes. We're gonna touch on that too in a bit because it gets frustrating. So like I just touched on, Cleotha had a bit of a crime spree actually the day before Eliza's murder. So on Thursday, September 1st, 2022, Cleotha reported to his job, which was working for a cleaning service, and that day, he was at the Malco Cordova Cinema Movie Theater. An employee of the movie theater, who was also on duty at the time, noticed later that day that two of her credit cards were missing and that charges had gone through at two different area gas stations, amounting to over $900. Cleotha was also seen on surveillance footage at the movie theater wearing the exact same champion brand slide sandals that were later responsible for linking him to Eliza's abduction and murder. The movie theater employee reported this incident and Cleotha's manager at the cleaning service confirmed that he was employed by her and that he was there that day. In addition to the charges that he was already facing for his heinous crime against Eliza, New charges of identity theft, theft of property, and credit card fraud were added. And then another victim of Cleothas came forward, claiming that he had raped her a year before Eliza's abduction and murder, which would have also been after he was released early from prison, which means that also shouldn't have happened. So Memphis woman Alicia Franklin met Cleotha, who had simply called himself Cleo, on a dating app during the summer of 2021. They chatted back and forth for a few weeks and eventually agreed to meet up. The night they had plans, Cleotha asked Alicia to pick him up from his apartment, and when she arrived, he invited her inside. But when she went in, she said she could tell immediately that it was not his apartment, but rather an abandoned residence. The same abandoned residence where Eliza was found. Like he's just luring her to this place where he can commit a crime against her. 
Yeah, so after this, Alicia explains that Cleotha pulled a gun on her and held it to her neck, threatening to kill her if she tried to run away. He then covered her face and forced her into the car, where he assaulted her. She tried to break free, but he continued to threaten her with violence if she struggled. Alicia was even four months pregnant at the time, but telling him that didn't deter him at all. Because this guy's a fucking monster, obviously. So terrified, Alicia later said, quote, I just didn't see him letting me go. Minutes later, he walked her at gunpoint back into the vacant apartment, then he fled, and Alicia drove herself to the hospital and reported the crime. They did a rape kit on her and would have easily been able to match Cleo's DNA to the crime, given that, you know, he was already a convicted felon. And that same night, when she was able to speak with police, she was able to offer his first name as he portrayed himself on the dating app, his phone number, and also a description of his car. She also brought them to the crime scene, but somehow they still stalled and fumbled this case. In fact, his DNA from Alicia's rape was not entered into the national database until after Eliza's body was recovered. So Alicia firmly believes that if due process had been followed then as well, Eliza would still be alive today. So Eliza was failed twice. Yeah, it's unreal. I mean, the fact that Alicia had this happen to her, she had so much information. This wasn't like she was attacked at random like Eliza was. She met this guy on a dating profile. The dating profile had all of his information. Obviously, the app had his information, probably his phone number, maybe even his address. And she has his phone number. She has his first name. She has the information that they would need, even his DNA, and they're still not doing anything with it. And if they had, he could have gone back to prison before he would have ever encountered Eliza. So yeah, she was failed twice, with the first time being them releasing him at 20 years and not 24. Alicia said, quote, They had more than enough evidence that night that they interviewed me to get him off the streets, but they didn't. She even leveled a lawsuit against the city for their handling of the case, but it was unfortunately dismissed by a judge. Alicia and her lawyer are still fighting for retribution from the city. Her lawyer described, quote, from the time of Eliza Fletcher's murder, Alicia Franklin has had trouble sleeping, eating, and working. It has haunted her constantly that if I had just pushed the police to do their job, I could have saved her life. Which is so sad because Alicia did everything she could and she is yeah. a victim in this too. It's not, it's not on her. It's definitely not on her. So the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation maintains that they still did nothing wrong and that it was simply staff shortages that led to the delay. Thankfully, charges for Alicia's rape were added to the charges that he was facing for the assault and murder of Eliza. Which is great, but like, should have happened earlier. Absolutely agree. So as with everything else that he was being accused of, Cleotha pleaded not guilty. But Cleotha's family seems to stand by him when he proclaims his innocence. Oh, of course they would. Yeah. So when a local Memphis news station sought to speak with family members, Cleotha's uncle agreed to be interviewed. And when questioning Cleotha's involvement, the newscaster, referring to his kidnapping charge, explained, quote, they said he had done it before. To which Cleotha's uncle responded, so, I mean, if he did it before, how many years ago? Oh God, you, why are they all trash? Well, it gets worse. So despite all of this, his mom, Virgie Abstin, also stands by him and believes him when he says he had nothing to do with it. 
She told the press, quote, I talked to him and he said he didn't do it. He said, they're trying to put me in some stuff, mom. I believe him. I don't believe he did it. If it comes out of his mouth, that's what I believe. He's just a good person, kind, lovable. Yeah, such a kind, lovable man who has raped multiple people, committed crimes of assault, and uh, now murder. And at 16, literally kidnapped a district attorney and put him in the trunk of his car and then drove to an AT. Like, come on. Super lovable, awesome son of yours. I just hate when family members are in denial like this. Like, if he had no prior record and no violent tendencies, it'd be different. But he's been committing crimes most of his life, and surely... She knows that. But if but if he says he didn't do it, he must not have, right? I mean, he did 20 years in prison and his mom, Literally. Is, my, his mom is not saying anything about that. Like, and was arrested 16 times between the ages of 11 and 16. And you think you have this angel child on your hands? No, no. Well, frustratingly, Virgie claims her son was simply dealt a bad hand and that he was taken advantage of in juvenile detention, not understanding the legalities of what was happening to him and what he should or shouldn't say or do, explaining, quote, They held Cleo in the juvie. They railroaded him, had him sign the papers without no parent around, without our consent. We didn't know he signed no papers. We didn't know nothing. Though police were praised for their prompt response and thorough investigation into Eliza's disappearance, they, rightfully so in my opinion, were also harshly criticized for allowing Cleotha to be released in the first place and for fumbling the brutal rape of Alicia. On January 25th, 2023, Cleotha Abstin was formally indicted with aggravated kidnapping, first-degree murder, and tampering with evidence. On February 3rd, Cleotha, no shock here, pleaded not guilty. But prosecutors countered with their own surprise. They would be seeking the death penalty. The district attorney released the following statement, quote, The decision comes after careful consideration and conducting a detailed legal review of the facts and circumstances of this case. Before filing the notice, D.A. Mulroy and members of his team met with Mrs. Fletcher's family regarding this decision. The family supports filing the death penalty notice and is determined to see that justice is served. This is not a decision taken lightly nor as a matter of course. It is a grave decision involving a punishment I've publicly opposed as a policy matter. But as D.A., I must enforce the law despite personal opinion. After careful consideration of the facts in this case and similar cases, I believe this is what justice demands. And this came as a surprise to many, but even the judge himself noted that the murder was heinous, atrocious, and cruel. And the district attorney agreed, saying, quote, You often see heinous, atrocious, and cruel, aggravating factors found in cases in which torture was involved. We are alleging that applies in this case. Because it is now a death penalty trial, Cleotha is entitled to two attorneys as opposed to one and was just appointed two new council members due to an apparent conflict of interest with his first attorney. As of right now, Cleotha is set to appear in court again on September 15th, 2023. Um, The day we're releasing this is August 29th, but a trial date has not yet been set. So it's hard because there might be one set Um, at his court hearing in a couple weeks from now, from when we're recording this, but so we were going to wait, but if there is a trial, it probably won't be until next year. So 
uh, whenever that does happen, hopefully a lot will come out. Maybe he'll even confess a lot more about the crime itself will be released. So we'll just do an update episode then because it'll probably be next year at some point. Alicia Franklin continues to fight for accountability in her case for her sake and for Eliza's. According to Eliza's family, she would have been shocked at the impact she had on her community. They wrote in her obituary, quote, The outpouring of love and grief would have surprised Liza, who never thought or acted as if she were something special, though she certainly was. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Going West. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And on Friday, we'll have an all-new case for you guys to dive into. Remember to follow us on socials because that is where we will post updates for this case. Obviously, you guys can totally follow it yourselves. But um, after his next court hearing in a couple weeks from now, we will go ahead and post that on our socials, whatever happens. If there's any news, like if a trial is set, if you're listening after this and you missed the post, um, you can also Google it. But hopefully there will be more information out in this case. Like I said, maybe even a confession or more evidence that just um, gives the public and of course the family more information on why this happened and how it happened. So stay tuned. All right, guys. So for everybody out there in the world, don't be a stranger. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done